Listen, before I bring the word, I have, I have some word I want to share today. Would you welcome uh, our own Beverly Baker as she comes to bless us? You know, Bev, you couldn't have, stay on your feet for a minute, you, you, praise God, you couldn't have played a better song for the story of God's faithfulness in your life. Before you came up here, you, you were talking about, you and I were talking before service about, you know, when you were a little girl and daddy said you can play the violin, used to drive you back and forth all the way to New York, you'd go to Juilliard and practice and play, and you're one of the only, uh, Ah, Jesus. 
you know, one of the only uh, young uh, black girls that were doing that sort of thing, and you're breaking into something. And yeah, go ahead, say something. Everybody's talking today. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, I was just sharing with Pastor. My story is, is too long, but I know that God had me where I was to be. In 1963, when I was a little girl, little black girl in a little black neighborhood, where my neighborhood and my church and my school all looked the same. I was thrust into a, a profession that I didn't see many people that looked like me, but I knew that I had a love for playing the violin, even at the age of six and seven. And my father and mother they told me, you can do this, even if you don't see anybody doing it. It, it was so, it, it was just a time where you didn't see black folks, little black girls carrying violin cases around. But my father in particular just said, honey, if you want to do this, you do it. And you, it doesn't matter. So anyway, God has had his hand on my life. Um, I'm recently retired after 37 years with the Virginia Symphony. And um, I... <laughs> I've been in a principal position, which um, I don't think there's any other black women principal string players in the, in the whole country. Someone told me that. So anyway, but God has just blessed me. I've been here since like 2003, I think it was. And greater, it seems and, longer. I don't it know. Seems longer. Yeah, it seems longer. Greatest like the whole... Thy Faithfulness. And I've been playing it with Wes since then. Greatest Thy Faithfulness was part of the very first Freedom CD. And when Pastor asked me, would you play greatest thy faithfulness? There is no ever any question because in my life, he has been so faithful. My family, my husband yeah. has been, hasn't been in the hospital for over two years. That's a big thing. Praise God. My yeah. mother, my children, grandchildren. And during the pandemic, even it looks like we're, we're trying to maybe buy a, smile, a small place. I know. For, we're pray about that too. So God's just been faithful. Look, I can't Beth, play that congratulations on your retirement. And uh, thank you for what, after how many years with the Virginia 37. Symphony? 37 years uh, playing viola for the symphony orchestra in a principal position. Uh, best I've ever heard. We just want to as, just tell you we love you. The team wants to tell you. There you go, right behind you. There's M. All right, we love you. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Our own Beth Baker, she's not retired from here, all right? She's busy here, but we love you. I think Lynn came too. <laughs> bless you. We love you so much. Bev, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. We pray, Father, your blessings upon Bev, upon her family. We bless her and we give you thanks for your good and faithful work. Lord, we're giving her a few flowers, but Lord, we know that she is doing so well in the kingdom. And we thank you for what she will continue to do at Freedom. Come on, put your hands together and love on Beth. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. I know, I know. That's all right. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Thanks. Praise God. Anybody having a good time today? Can I have 15 minutes to preach? Can I please? Because I'm taking it. All right, so um, you're already seated. I would have had you stand up and read the word of God with me. Would you like to do that? Uh, God is good. Somebody shout it. All right. So uh, I want to read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. Read with me. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, 
To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Be seated. Today, uh, I want to talk to you from the thought, unbelievable God. Somebody say it, unbelievable God. And I know that that is a very odd statement, but uh, as Bev was playing, I want you to know I love the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Anybody else? I love the song. Got any, got any hymn folk in the house? Any Somebody? Amazing grace. Don't get me started, okay? Because I love lifted me. I can go for a while, all right? I know the songs. I know them by their page numbers from my boyhood, all right? That's, that's how I am. I got that. But great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. God is faithful, amen? Limitations chapter 3, verse 22 reads this way. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's right. That song came right out of the Bible. I like that. I love when I can take a lyric, and I'll do it on occasion, a lyric that I love that somebody's written, and I'll Google it, try to find it, or I'll, I'll go into my concordance and put some of those words and find out, wait, they were inspired from, literally from God's word. Anybody ever do that? Literally came right out of, uh, out of God's word. But the scripture is so powerful. Listen, no one or no thing is as faithful as the Lord. Anybody see the sun rise? Anybody ever see the sun set? Have you ever noticed where the ocean is and where the dry land is? That's all the work of God. I love this statement. His compassions are new. His compassions are worn out. That God won't abide with you. He'll take you another mile. He'll take you another step. It's just the way he is. The word compassion. I love it. Say compassion. Say it. I mean, there's passion and then there's compassion. It's a powerful word. It literally, it literally, it's, it's a word that has a picture with it. When you look at its origination, the, the, the origination of the word compassion is as a pregnant woman wakes each morning feeling the child inside her and longs for it to be delivered into her arms. That's compassion. God holds us as a mother holds their child in the womb. Aren't you thankful for a loving father? Anybody thankful for that? Faithfulness, literally the word faithfulness, literally. And if faithfulness sounds kind of gentle, but really the word faithful is a term. It means firmness, security, fidelity, steadiness. So faithful is firm. It's like, I ain't letting you go. Anybody love that? I, I love When you don't love me, I love you. When you've turned your back on me, I've turned my face toward you. I love God in that way. God is so good. He is so faithful. And God will surprise you with his faithfulness. He will do that. I, uh, it's, it's, it's the season where people are all into weird and crazy movies. Have you noticed that? People are watching things that just kind of frighten you. Like, anybody like those movies that just kind of jump at you. You know, I, I didn't grow up watching scary movies. I, I didn't. I guess there were some movies that were, were kind of frightening uh, in those days when uh, you had to go to the theater to watch movies, and uh, now you get to watch them at home. But I grew up in those days when, uh, you know, there were some movies. Like, how many, is there anybody like me, if there was a Rocky movie, you watched it? Okay. I'll watch the last one. I'm still waiting for another one to come out. I'm telling you. I don't know who else he's going to beat up, but uh, I like that last name. It ain't over until it's over. I like that. I, I, I'm, I'm a sly fan. I just, I just like that. But I do remember there was a movie, and uh, uh, it was kind of a cool movie. It was called, uh, Bruce Willis was in it, The Sixth Sense. Anybody saw that movie? You know, God forgive us all for watching that. But yeah. Uh, the way it ended, don't tell anybody, but that ending in that movie, it's like, what? It can't end that way. That's, I, I can't tell you any more about it, all right? Uh, it was like the surprise ending of the surprise ending, but I, I still like the surprise ending of the, that first Karate Kid movie. Anybody remember the crane maneuver? Yes. Don't, don't make me do that, all right? 
the crane maneuver. It's like soon as soon as the some of you guys that's an old movie. I know. I know it's an old movie. But soon as he broke into that, you said, "No, he didn't. He's gonna." I can't tell you the rest. Okay, he won the fight. All right. So I don't think we often like surprises. We like everything predictable. We struggle with hope, and we struggle with expectation. And sometimes we think the best advice to give the next generation is don't get your hopes too high. Don't set your expectations high. You'll just, you could be disappointed. So keep your expectations low. Excuse me. That's not what I've read about the Lord. I, I keep my hopes high, but today I'm here, in fact, to help you with your faith. Specifically, I want to validate the faith that you already have. I want to bless your faith. Some of you feel like your faith isn't big enough, or perhaps you've, you've been through a struggle and you're struggling with your faith because of your circumstances. Today, I want you to reach down inside of yourself. I want you to access the small deposit of faith, as small as you might think that it is, that is already inside of you. And I want you to believe the unbelievable. I want you to expect those things that you have lost hope regarding. And let's see together what God is able to do, what God will do. We are, we are a community. We are a church. We are a family that lives on hope. When this pandemic started, we didn't go into it thinking, well, that's it. It's over now. How many still have hope? Anybody have hope? And I have this thing that goes on in my head. When people tell me something, I believe that, well, that's not the end of the story. Anybody with me? And I also, I struggle here. When I get the levels of bad news, okay? Whatever your numbers are, go ahead and throw them at me. Go ahead and throw all the COVID numbers at me you want to. I still believe that my God is bigger than COVID-19. I still believe that. We're good. We're faithful. You know, we have masks. We offer you masks. And, and when you walk around the room, thank you for that sort of thing. But at the same time, I want you to know that God is bigger. He's bigger. We keep expecting the miraculous. And there are those that would say, Pastor Rick, don't you tell people that right now. They'll start doing silly things. I'm not telling you that so that you will do silly things. What I'm telling you is no matter what you face, can I tell you, we have faced worse things than a pandemic in our lives. Wave your hand if you face worse things than a pandemic. Anybody? You face worse things. You say, well, this could cause some people to die. I have faced death before. I have seen God. Come on. God is bigger than death. He conquered death at the cross. Two, two awesome truths I want you to hold on to. And write these two truths down. One, the presence of Christ is always with me. And two, he can do miracles. Go ahead. You got some sermon notes. Write it down. The presence of Christ is always with me. I dare you to write that down. I triple dare you, quadruple dare you, double dog, I double dog dare you. Man, some of you, some of you going to Christmas movies now, all right? So double, yeah, write it down. The pre, say it with me. The presence of Christ is always with me. And secondly, he can do miracles. In fact, I, I wrote that and I put it up and then I thought, he will do miracles. Right. Say it. He will. he will. He will do miracles. Matthew 28, 20, that simple scripture. Jesus says, I will be with you always. I will be with you always. If you could choose whoever you want to walk with you the rest of the day, I think I would choose Jesus. Amen. Somebody you could absolutely trust and absolutely believe in. However, when I tell you this, you fall into the danger of stopping your spiritual ears. The enemy works overtime to get us to fail to believe what I have just taught you. Let me say this again. God is faithful. He is with you. He is a healer. He can transform your life no matter how broken you are. He loves you no matter what the news you get today or tomorrow or the next day. No matter what anybody tells you, my God is bigger. My God is better. And he has not left us. He's not turned his back on us. 
that herein lies the struggle. The struggle is, as I declare how amazing and powerful Christ is, we're almost scandalized for declaring and believing it. You believe what? And, so, and even as I've told you the things I've just told you, some of you think, yeah, I'm glad we're at church saying this. God, I'm going to say that anymore this week because people will think you're crazy. You're one of those religious weirdos. You're a Christian extremist. Me. Because of it, sometimes we present ourselves as less than bold with our relationship with Jesus. Now, uh, this is important for you to embrace this incredible boldness. Christ is with me, and I, am a, I believe Jesus is with me. I don't think Jesus I don't, might be with me. No, he is with me right now. He is real, and he is, he is with me. He is with me. Me talking down on Jesus. He's standing right here with me. I'm in a covenant with Jesus. Don't talk about my wife, by the way. All right. If you got something to say about my wife, you need to get over that. Because I'm in a covenant with her. All right. I, do anybody understand what I'm saying? Gee, I'm in a covenant relationship with Jesus. Don't talk about my mama. I, I don't know if you're grabbing this. We are in the scandalous position right now until... If we declare the things that we believe openly, we are concerned that we might be alienated or isolated or pushed to the side. Where we work, where we live, the things that we believe about Jesus, the thing that he has taught us and written in our hearts about righteousness, about godliness, about anybody like that, about prayer. I mean, like somebody's in a struggle and you're at a shopping center and they say, man, I'm just really sick. And you would never say, hey, could I pray with you? Why? They might think you're crazy. You are crazy. I mean, this is, this is a truth in our world. Even the Pope has become scandalous in recent days. The Pope. Did you know that? You know, pray, pray for him. He's struggling in his faith right now. The Pope is struggling with his faith. Bringing heavy division, uh, division among our Catholic brothers and sisters as he suggests the lack of necessity for those tragically consumed by their sinful nature as individuals should, that, that they should be left to their broken image of themselves in Christ. Pretty much. I mean, you can look it up. If you want to look it up a little bit more clearly, look up Andy Comiskey's open letter to the Pope. One of the most powerful writings I've read in a long time. But the Pope is struggling with his faith. He's almost to a place of being apostate when it comes to the Catholic Church. What? Why? Because it's more popular to push the miraculous power of Jesus to the side. I want to go on record now. Would anyone join me? My God is holy, righteous, omnipotent, powerful, healer, deliverer, shepherd. He can heal your busted image of yourself. Is there anything he cannot do? There is nothing that my God cannot do. He reminds me of Paul's words to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. You love that scripture? The message of the cross is to those who are perishing. Yeah, the cross. Why you cross? You know, we, why, do you, why do you keep talking about the cross and singing about the cross and talking about the blood of Jesus? I said it's foolishness to those who are perishing, but I'm not perishing. I already died and I've been resurrected and I'm going to live forever. We're literally in conflict with the greatness of our God. When I say God is good, you should say, all the time. say it again, all the time. All the time. 
So he's not like a part-time God. He's just not working on weekends, on Sundays, Saturdays for some people, Sundays for other people. No, God is a full-time God. But then when I declare the possibility of his radical deliverance in your life, there are those who cringe at the very thought of his mighty deliverance. I'm telling you, he is a mighty deliverer. Some of us refrain from even talking about the greatness of our God because there are those who reject this truth and you might be ostracized by others if you tell them, no, my God can. It's the primary reason that we have decided that God can't heal the broken places of a man or a woman's heart who is struggling with their identity, that God can't heal a marriage, that a man can't change, that a child won't come home. I'm telling you, God can do it. But the reason for this is simple. They have not fully embraced or experienced the power of the cross. Amen. I'm done. <laughs> if anybody should say amen. 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 Mm. Anybody been set free? Anybody? Anybody anybody ever walked through healing in your identity before? Anybody ever done that? Praise Jesus. I mean, one of my favorite testimonies is a couple that doesn't even live here in town right now because uh, we married them. They got another job. They moved away and uh, they work in ministry and counseling. But at one time they were right here at Freedom. Anybody remember the Gothards? Anybody remember them? I mean, you've heard Richard, you've heard their testimonies before. At one time they identified in a way that people would say, there ain't no way you guys could ever be but they are. I married them, all right? He was an activist at one time, and now he is a, he is a, a, a man of God who serves the Lord Jesus. He and his wife are busy in the kingdom of God, and many people have been set free from their lives. I don't, I don't know what you have to say, but I know people who God has spectacularly transformed by his power. Amen. Come on. You can come out of your closet. Come out of your hiding place. Bring our hurts, bring your past, bring your addictions, bring your brokenness, and exchange them for the healing power of Jesus through the cross. But I found many people don't want to hear this, and they don't want it to happen. Some want us to be the church of the culture, a church which preaches and proclaims a grace which overlooks our brokenness and ignores the possibility of deliverance and freedom from the clutches of the demonic. Really? I have people who walk on me, who have attacked me. I have people who have actually walked out of this building as I preach the word of God that I'm preaching right now. Say, I can't hear that mess no more. Actually get frustrated because I believe in the power of the Lord Jesus. I'm telling you that I believe the Bible. I'm telling you that I believe Jesus is real. I'm telling you that I believe that Jesus is coming back. I believe every word of the word of the living God. Anybody with me in the room? Can I tell you how good God is? He is so good that he can do things that you are opposed to even asking him to do. Did I say that? Well, I... God is so good that he will do things that you are opposed to even asking him to do because it is simply too great in your own mind. Somebody say mustard seed faith. Okay, this is a difficult scripture for people. Luke 17 and 6. Jesus said, if you have, read this with me. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. That scripture blows people away. I've had people walk up to me and say, I just don't understand the scripture. And I'm not sure that I've ever grasped it. While I was studying this, you know, the scripture's always been difficult. Somebody thank God for your mustard seed. Somebody thank God. And really, he is suggesting a very small amount of faith. Now, listen, do you know why you have a small amount of faith? Because the power of God is literally unbelievable. I believe, help my unbelief. I believe you can do this, Lord. Remember that man? 
Remember that guy? If you believe anything is possible, I believe, help my unbelief. Now, this is going to change you because some of you said, when my faith grows, I'm going to see miracles. And I'm going to say, your faith doesn't have to be any bigger than a mustard seed. Mm, I wish somebody was playing organ right now because I would preach all over that. Right there. Do you hear me? I want your faith to grow. Pastor, you tell my faith doesn't have to grow. I'm saying a small amount of faith will do spectacular and amazing things. You say, I don't believe like my mama did. Maybe you do and just don't realize it. Maybe you do. You see, mustard seed is our level. This is going to challenge you as you hear the title of this message again. Unbelievable God. And I want you to look at this new living translation version. I don't know if you can even read it on the slide, but I believe I put it there. But read this. Now glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do, listen, is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask. He is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. How many have ever been blessed by God in a way that you thought, I didn't even ask for that? In other words, your faith is operating even when you're not talking about it. I love Bible stories. Anybody love Bible stories? I like Moses. Come on. Go back, Moses. Go back to where you were wanted for murder. Go back. Go back to Egypt and go to the highest man in the world that everybody thinks in Egypt is a God. And look at him and say, let God's people go. What? Let them go. Moses, I'm telling you, this guy who is so powerful, who would throw a rod down and it turned into a serpent. God said, throw the rod down. Okay, I'll throw the rod down. Okay, threw the rod down, turned into a serpent. Now pick it up. What? Pick it up. How many would have picked it up? Me. Okay, because I'm not too afraid of snakes. So, uh, Picked it up, turned back into a rod. And Pharaoh said, okay, okay, we're going we're gonna to follow some of this then. Okay, so uh, here's a guy who speaks to the sea, declares God's word, and it opens Joshua under the direction of the Lord who marches around Jericho every day for seven days with nothing going on. Seven days. How many have walked around for seven days and not seen God's hand? But then on the seventh day, I just marched seven times around the city and the walls fell down. David, I love the stories of David who accepted his anointing from the prophet Samuel to be king, even though he was the least of his brothers, who sometime later would be running Grubhub for his brothers. Remember that? Jesse said, David, your brothers are all serving in the army. Would you take some food, some grain, and would you take this, these loaves and take it to them in case they're hungry? David goes as a delivery boy to his brothers and sees Goliath standing in a field defying God Almighty. And something got inside of him. I, nope, nothing says. And the power of the Holy Spirit came upon David and it shook all over. And it looked around and it saw Goliath. That's the way we evangelistically preach it. But the Bible doesn't say that. It was just something that was inside of him. That said, I can't, I can't let that happen right now. And he walked up and he said, look, since none of these big guys will do anything, I'll go fight Goliath. All right? I'll go fight Goliath. And they handed him a sword and a shield, and they were all too big for him. It really it was big as like he picked up Saul's sword and was like, can't do that, you know? And so he said, I'll, look, I'm, I'm pretty good with my slingshot. And he went and, and called out, spoke trash to Goliath. 
You say, well, where does that come from? That comes from a seed of faith. Came from a moment with the prophet who blessed him one day. Well, it came from a moment of worship out in a shepherd's field. Somebody shout amen. Amen. All right. I just now looked at the clock. My 15 minutes is up. So um, I woke up about 4.30 Friday morning listening to the Father. Anybody do that? Just woke up listening to the Father and him speaking to me things about the church and just listening. But I went to bed saying, Lord Jesus, I'm so glad that you're with me. So glad that you're here. So glad that you never leave me. Just say that. Jesus, I'm glad you're with me. I'm glad you're with me. You need to practice that. This will change your life. It will change your life. The, the knowledge that Christ is with you will change you. And as I was there, I started just, I didn't sing because Diana was there. I didn't want to wake her up. I have before, but, uh, uh, you know, I was, you know, you turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. Oh, there's nothing better than you. No, there's nothing better than you. Oh, nothing. Nothing is better than you. And I could, I, I, in my spirit, I could hear his heartbeat and challenge me to consider his greatness, specifically asking, do you realize what I'm willing to do if you will risk trusting me completely? Mm, my Lord. So let me just make a couple of statements here, then we'll pray and let the Lord build our faith, which that is my purpose. I just want your faith stirred up. I want to stir your mustard seed up. Praise God. First, I want you to say this. There's nothing, there's nothing better than Jesus. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. No matter what you are facing, there is, say it, there is nothing better than Jesus. Again, I've experienced severe attack upon my faith from both Christians and non-Christians. I kind of expect it from (laughs) non-Christians. Anyway, usually my pain has come from my scandalous beliefs. I believe that Jesus came to save sinners. And that is scandalous. It's scandalous. It's almost unbelievable. I believe that he can change the life of the most broken. I believe according to his word that if you are at the point of death, Jesus can heal you and deliver you. I believe that through love and grace and the work of the cross and the presence of the Holy Spirit, anyone can be transformed. Anybody can be healed. Anybody with me on this? I mean, these very truths have brought affliction to my life. As in early days, we reached out to the children of the streets in early days of ministry. And the Lord opened up doors and whispered, anybody can be saved. Go and find the least of these and bring them to the kingdom of God. And I'll never forget all of the individuals that said, you know, you know, really, I don't think I want you to bring those children to the church to be with my children. Yeah. Anybody ever heard that before? You know, and all you could do is trust Jesus and keep smiling. Even when you're a little mad, somebody shout amen. Amen. The presence of the lost, the presence of the lost to believers that really just want a safe place to worship Jesus can become a scandal. Anybody glad that Jesus will save the least of these? That there are, was anybody there? Was that, was that you? Could anybody lift their hand and say, that was me, Pastor Rick? I was the least of these. See, there are those of you who have brought faith into your home to be met with those who refuse to believe. As Christians, we're often called, I said this already, extremists today because we fully believe in the transforming power of Jesus. But listen to the word of the apostle, St. Peter in 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, do you think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you? But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings that 
that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Get this. If people don't like it, if you are trialed, in trial, keep rejoicing. What? 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 You don't believe what I'm saying? Hallelujah. You're mad at me? Praise Jesus. He doesn't say give in. He doesn't say stop sharing the good news. He says when you are scandalized for your faith, rejoice for your crucifixion. Because his glory, his goodness will be revealed. And in the last days, your faithfulness will be celebrated. Tell the story. Tell everybody. Keep believing. We're in a strange church. Do you know that? We are a church of freedom and deliverance. But we constantly deal with those who suggest, are you, are you one of those churches? Since the beginning of my ministry, God has prepared me for this. You know, and uh, I haven't got time to go into all the stories that I wanted to share this morning. But because time is, 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 is gone, can I just let you know that I have met people in restaurants, in department stores... I have uh, parking lots who needed Jesus. Anybody? I keep meeting them. And we have this inner fear that people will scandalize us if we have this compassion for people. This past Wednesday, I wish you'd have been here this past Wednesday, I gave, anybody know what I gave out this past Wednesday? I gave you little sinkers for your fishing lines for you to go fish in because they're all made of lead. And this is what I told everybody on uh, Wednesday night. Next time you don't feel led, just reach in and grab that. Just grab it. You need some lead in your pocket. Because I don't have to feel led to tell somebody about Jesus. I don't have to feel led to pray for you. I just felt led to pray for you. Well, that's cool. That's really good. But you mean you wouldn't have prayed for me if you didn't feel led? Just go ahead and believe that God has placed us on this earth to set the captives free. No matter what you are facing, there is nothing better than trusting Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not looking for everyone to pat me on the back today. I'm looking to see people march into heaven one day. And Jesus can redeem you. Let me just say one other thing. We have unbelievable power and authority through Jesus. I'm wrapping this up. So anybody wants to play some keys and help me wrap this up, help me because uh, everybody's been preaching today. Psalm 147 and 5. Read this. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. Ephesians 1.19. How tremendous is the power available to us who believe in God. The power is the same divine energy which was demonstrated in Christ when he raised from the dead. That was supposed to be an example to us. Okay, now you have to believe this. For salvation. In your heart, do you believe that Christ raised from the dead? Okay. That is not just so that you will always be able to walk around and say Jesus is alive. It is so that you can operate in the same power. Did Did you hear that? You thought it was just so you could celebrate Easter Sunday. It's so that in the middle of the fall, you will exercise the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. As if, you know, have you ever started to pray and thought, this is really too much to ask. I can't ask for that. Are there things that you would pray for? Like when I pray for healing in the nation, there are some people that say, I don't know. Have you seen how busted up this nation is? Yeah, but if God's people will turn from their, humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I'll heal their. So why shouldn't we pray for healing for the nation? Why shouldn't we pray? Because it's hopeless. It's just, really? It's hopeless? Revival in the land. How many think it would be great to see Millions of people come to Jesus. Yes. 
As, as if God would stop and say, you want what? Son, Ricky Jean, you're believing me for what? Do you think I'm wealthy? Do you think I really love you? Let me tell you something strange that is odd for some of you to hear. I taught you this last week and I taught you this earlier. I need you to embrace the literal presence of Jesus Christ. Somebody say he is here. Okay, I'm here. Chris, right? Chris is here. Hey, Chris. Chris is here. Let's welcome Chris. Welcome, Chris. Right up here on the front row. Russell. Russell's here. Hey, Russell. How you doing, Russell? Russell is here. What? Jan Fox is here. Jan? Sister Jan, look at that. Jan, I love you. It's good to see you here. Okay, how do you know they're here? You saw them. Okay, now I'm going to say this. Jesus is here. No, no, not metaphorically. He is literally here. The power of Christ is here. But no, he is here in power. It's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ to heal. He wants us to be healed. All of this is available because of God. We are those who live and move and have our being in Christ. We are called to preach, to teach, to heal within the spiritual authority. I got to be finished. See, some of us think that authority is this bold evangelical proclamation. I come to you in the authority of Jesus. And this is not what I'm talking about. Okay, so how many know I have a grandson named Malachi? Okay, he's 13 years old. How many know if he wants to come into my house, he can? How many know he can stay as long as he wants to? He can eat all the food out of the refrigerator. He can play in my backyard. And he doesn't walk up to my front door and say, I'm Malachi, and I'm your grandson. And I, I say, open that door right now. Doesn't have to do that. He is who he is. Power and authority is not for you to yell power and authority all the time. It's something we're supposed to walk in. Anybody just get a revelation? Did you just get that? Say, well, how do I walk in it? You walk in it by doing things that are unbelievable, things that are scandalous, things that other people would never do. Jesus said this. He said, go and preach the message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So it's like, I'm just doing this. It's just a free thing. Since I got all this and I want to bless you. Everybody stand up. Get your communion out. Get your communion. Somebody bring me some communion too because I don't have any. Thank you, Russell. Oh, I found some. I found some. Now, wait. I'm not doing this as we have done it before. We have to grasp the truth. Okay? I needed you to grasp the truth. So here's the truth. Does everybody know what communion is about? It's about communion. (laughs) Say it. Communion. Communion. My more orthodox brothers and sisters. The Eucharist. It is the constant affirmation of the presence of Christ. The constant affirmation of our healing, delivering, crucified, risen, and coming again Savior. Did you receive communion? Are you going to receive communion? Who's going to receive communion? Who's going to? Just get in your hand. Get ready. Get ready. Who? Okay, why are we receiving it? Because we believe that Christ is with us. We are receiving Christ. Can I get an amen from a brother or sister? Okay, we're going to make a declaration here. Online, join us. Join us. Here's my declaration. I got a slide. I believe about this. Christ was crucified. Christ is risen. You got to say this. Christ was crucified. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ is present. Say it. Christ was crucified. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And Christ is present. Are you ready? Father, we thank you and sanctify these elements that we receive. And your plan for us to receive you. Christ. Crucified. Risen. Coming again. 
and present in our life. The bread, the body of Christ. The blood of the Lord Jesus, the cup of our Lord, receive it. Now here's what I'm saying. Look here. Christ is present to save you. Christ is present to heal you. Christ is present to deliver you. I know it seems unimaginable, but it is the truth of God's word. Now say it again. Christ is present. Christ is present. Christ is present. I want my... Uh, altar workers in a moment to come and stand over here to my right could we receive Christ right now everyone in the room father we receive Christ we receive our power and authority we give you thanks for the faith that you have given us we believe and now Lord Jesus our expectation is is that people will be set free people will be healed people will be delivered and when we leave this place you will go with us As we conclude the service, if you need to give your life to Jesus, do it right where you are or come forward. I'll have prayer workers in masks standing at the front of the building. If you need healing, come forward. We will pray for you. If you are struggling in any way, we will pray for you. Or you can declare, listen, declare the unbelievable to take place in your life. We serve an unbelievable God. May the Lord bless you, keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Turn his face toward you. And give you peace. God bless you all. Pray with us online. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Those of you who want prayer, please swiftly move towards the front so we can meet with you. And we can pray with you. We love you all so much. Thank you for being at Freedom.